Hello and welcome back to the Garment Decorators podcast, uh, live from the Styles Innovation Centre in Braintree in Essex. Uh, I'm joined by Molly today, Hello. as always, and today we are very delighted to be joined by Karis Evans from Print Monthly and SignLink. So welcome aboard the podcast, Karis. Thank you for joining. Thank you very much. First time on the podcast. I know. First Exciting. time on a podcast. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, yeah, there. that surprises and me. Weird being on this side of the yeah. interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> So last time you were here, you were interviewing Andy at our I event. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and there was loads of people here, so it's nice and calm, quiet. Yeah. It's very quiet Yeah, so could you tell us a little bit, for those that are unaware of Print Monthly and SignLink, could you just give us a quick version of what sort of things you cover in those magazines and the topics that your, your readers and watchers are interested in? Yeah, sure. So as you said, we do Print Monthly and SignLink magazine. So they're two bi-monthly magazines, um, go out to about 10,000 kind of people, readers. Um, we've got our online website that we update with kind of more regular news and then the longer form stuff goes into the bags and then online afterwards. Um, we do the kind of video side of things as well. So we go and film, filmed you a couple of times now. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of kind of what we cover, there's a lot more overlap these days, which I think is just a bit of a reflection of the industry in general. Um, but on the print monthly side, traditionally we cover everything from the kind of small format, uh, direct mail, packaging, kind of embellishments, um, all the way up to garment printing, wide format, that sort of thing. And then on the sign link side of things, again, it's a massive range going from the traditional kind of sign writing, sign painting, to kind of window and floor graphics, building wraps, car, vehicle wrapping. Everything, really. Every, literally <laughs> anything to do with print, graphics, signage, anything like that, we cover in one of the two magazines. Oh, so, yeah, we have quite a few people tend to get both of them because yeah. they offer print and signage. And, you know, you find the smaller signage people start off doing more traditional stuff and then they move into the kind of printed side and the graphics and that sort of thing so it's a massive massive variety yeah. really. that makes sense though I can assume if you're doing one thing it's easier to transition into something else rather than it's not like a whole new industry like it's a bit different but yeah it's a similar process it's similar kind it? of skills and kind of it's just tweaking maybe your software or your design or the materials that you use I think that's tends to be the kind of learning curve is just getting to grips with different materials and how they work differently to things that you're used to. But yeah, I think that's a big thing that we're seeing now is coming out of COVID. People had to diversify and they had to kind of overnight do a different direction and tweak what they were doing. And I think the fact that so many people did do that shows that it's there's so many other in, like areas of the industry yeah. that you can move into. So... Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to get you on today is because we know that there's there's some crossover between what we talk about. There's there should be a lot more crossover because, as you mentioned, the, the hardest thing I think is the artworking side of things. Everything else you can cut is quite transferable. So anyone that's doing heat printing should really be doing the signage for their customers and doing the artwork and vice versa. Anyone that's doing you know, vehicle wrapping or doing the any kind of signage should we also be offering those same customers t-shirts, hoodies, the whole workwear yeah, kit. Um, because you know, the easiest way to grow your business is to grow the business of your existing customers. Uh, so that's why I really wanted to get you on today, just to kind of 
talk about the sign industry a little bit, what's going on with it, um, and just kind of demystify a little bit um, and get people thinking about, you know, just what other avenues there are, there are because even some of the machines are transferable. So literally the same machine is in both industries, mm-hmm. but it's a case of changing which media you put into it. Do you put either one? It's a printing cut or single color vinyl in the solid self adhesive, or one that has um, heat appliable adhesive on the back of it. That's the main difference. If you can get the artwork in, the weeding is exactly the same. You know the limitations of it both ways. Um, but all you need is a heat press if you're a sign maker, or, um, and if you're a heat presser, you're used to getting the right media. So uh, yeah. it's it's simple for everyone to get involved. But we also know that yourself and the team at Print Month in Silent are big on education as well. Um, and you're always trying to find new education topics for your readers. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're really excited to have you on today. And, you know, you can feel free to pepper us with the questions as well. Yeah, I'm sure have a I good will. conversation. <laughs> so just as a kind of like a little taster for everyone that's relatively new to perhaps yourself, is what are the kind of trending topics that have been in the print monthly and Signlink magazines over the last few issues? Um, I think a lot of the things that I'm seeing is kind of to do with the way that businesses are kind of operating a mm-hmm. bit more than like applications and yeah. stuff because the application side of things kind of changes all the time and with people like diversifying so much, people are kind of adding stuff to their offering and doing new things all the time yeah but one of the things that I've kind of noticed in recent months is kind of the focus within on I mean sustainability is obviously a massive thing yeah we hear about it all the time but I think it's becoming more now about like how you're actually implementing those sustainability things within your business Mm -hmm. um in terms of you know like looking at different materials like the recycling streams because there's obviously quite a lot of waste produced with graphics and that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and so there's companies that are really working to improve those things. There's initiatives going on, like Reconomy, you know, like taking back waste and disposing of it yeah. properly. Lots of companies kind of looking at their carbon as well, their carbon mm. output. There's a couple of initiatives, again, like print relief and carbon quota that help people to manage their carbon and offset it so that's big at the moment yeah because i guess with print and sign there's a lot of materials involved yeah and those then have to go somewhere afterwards and i think with any kind of graphics or even clothing you know you don't wear something forever for the rest of your Mm. life so i think a lot of companies are like looking into what happens after the graphics have been used yeah that's definitely a big one um, and then the other thing is kind of like diversity and inclusivity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. There's We've had a couple of guest articles on that topic. So just kind of raising awareness of like trying to get more diversity into the industry and how that can then benefit businesses and make them thrive. You know, yeah. we've got a diverse team. We've got diverse kind of perspectives coming in and that sort of thing. Um and then I would say kind of like well-being. I was saying to you earlier, there's been a big focus and shift on like well-being and how people are talking a lot more about how they look after their mental health and their well-being. And there's kind of, we're hearing more about champions within companies. Like um, there's a company, a honeycomb paperboard company who has different champions for different areas within the business. Okay. Um, so we're seeing that more and more 
And then I guess more in terms of production automation, that's a massive thing. Yeah. And then there's the whole AI topic at the moment <laughs> as well. Everyone's yeah. not quite sure how they feel about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, there's loads going on at the moment, really. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. It's good to know that on at least on every level, it's all about pushing forwards really and trying to, you know, make a, a better tomorrow or figure out problems. I think that's the, you know, going back to what you mentioned about COVID and mm. the company we find in our industry as well is that the companies that, that were the most adaptable in that period of time are the ones that are now the most successful. Yeah. The ones that didn't adapt at all, some of them are not even here or they're kind of on the, mm. they could go either way over the next 12 months really. So anything to kind of, we always talk about trying to disrupt yourself, yeah. you know, taking a step back and thinking, does that make sense? Why aren't we doing it like this? Why aren't we getting new voices into the building, um, being more diverse or, like say, trying to be more sustainable? It's because that's what your customers want. And you, they might not, you might not find out sometimes until it's too late and you miss that order because you're not yeah. um, hitting those standards. You've got to kind of get ahead of the curve mm. um, and, like I say, yeah, disrupt yourself, try and be, you know, like I say, automation or mm. just um, efficiencies. Efficiency is something we talk about a lot because, um, you know, we notice it with people, with customers, when they set up their workspace and then they they don't really think about how the, it flows through the building. You know, you've got to make sure that it goes in a straight line as much as possible and you're not going back, forth, back, forth, back, yeah. forth. I think that's something that people used the kind of COVID period to do mm. as well. We heard a lot about that. I guess, like you said, there's some companies that kind of thought this is it. Now there's nothing we can do. Like, yeah. And then there's other companies that actually took a step back and thought, okay, this is bad how can we kind of use this situation to the yeah. best of our ability and i think there are quite a lot of companies that you know they had an empty manufacturing facility because nobody could go in there so then they looked at how they could rearrange the kind of setup to make it more efficient which they'd never have the opportunity no. to do ever normally so I, that's definitely yeah a big thing that we've seen and now they're kind of operating even better than they were before and then the thing with sustainability as well lots of kind of end users and customers are looking specifically for the companies that are offering the eco-friendly materials yeah. and you know are sustainable within their own business and i think like you said that's what's going to get you the business over maybe a competitor even if now the prices for you know eco-friendly materials are a little bit more but if that yeah. means that you're then going to go and win that tender or the job it's worth paying that little bit extra for the sustainable materials. We find that quite a lot as well, actually, because we have um, one of our newest products is what we call Ultra Color, which we brought out a few years ago. And I'm sure everyone's heard us talk about it a lot here. But you say new, it feels like it's it, it is a long time like ago. So long. Um, but it's only about three years, something like that. It's still a baby, yeah. Um, but a lot of people, you know, when we, you know, one of the kind of like a couple of big aspects. One is it's water-based inks, which is obviously more eco-friendly. Yeah. Um, and it, it also fuses at a lower temperature. So traditionally stuff uses about 150 degrees, somewhere at 150, 160, give or take. But this one fuses at 120 degrees, so it fuses a lot lower. So it actually draws a lot less electricity. So it kind of, in every single aspect of where it's being used in the building, it it's kind of like everyone's got, oh, I could use that. Even stuff to the point now where even we find that even single color stuff, they're like, well, actually, I'd much rather use the water-based ink product and I'd much rather use the one that fuses at a lower temperature because it's going to be better for the building I'm in and the environment I'm in. Um, 
and we find that it's like the, that's now the biggest selling product we have. Um, and like I say, even for single color stuff, they're like, yeah, I just want that. Or my customers ask me to use water-based inks for the decoration on there because especially if it's a brand, it's it's a really hot topic at that and point. Everyone wins in a way because mm. you're offering a better solution for the environment. Yeah. But then, and then you can look good because you're shouting about the fact that you're doing this mm. solution, but then they're winning because they're kind of, you know, it's just minimizing the impact for everyone involved so yeah and also you talk about turnaround times with like or paying more for sustainable options Mm. but if you have rearranged your work facility like you just said you can chart people will accept the slightly higher price points Mm -hmm. if your turnaround is quicker and if your workforce is a lot more efficient that kind of comes together and like you say we do two-day turnaround on everything anyway so Mm -hmm. you can have orders sort of done within two three days and shipped out and that's enough to warrant a premium cost anyway Mm. Do you reckon, how quick do you reckon it's going to get? Because everyone is just offering well, quicker and quicker kind of turnaround. Our, our DTF, our Optical Max DTF is next day dispatch, a pretty quick turnaround. Mm. But I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess, um, I mean, we've had it before. Because you can already say, if you order by midnight and then we'll manufacture it this the following day. But um, chances are it's been manufactured by four o'clock at the latest. Mm. Some people are like, can I come in at five? So it kind of is a same day turnaround or you could send a courier, like a bike courier, mm. come pick it up and bring it back to you the same day. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of more or less is same day for some customers. I mean, we have, it's because we're in Essex, there's lots of man, lots of transfer fuses and people have their own business. So they're like, you know, some customers come in twice a day because they're like, yeah, when it's ready, I'm coming in, I'm picking up and I'm getting to work on it. Because they're like, yeah. I've got to... I'm not wasting any yeah. time. They're not wasting any time. You know? They're like, yeah, there's what's next, 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 next um so i mean it's pretty quick already mm. um i think it helps for us that we have a very efficient ordering system which is quite which is probably where we're quite unique is that you can just literally go on 24 hours a day and, and it takes like two minutes like it's no different to ordering putting a picture on a birthday card and get yeah. someone sent to it it's that easy um but you know i think it's everywhere in every kind of continent that we have it's like a lot of stuff is one day turnaround now um mostly because I think a lot of people is quite last minute. It's not always the end customer that's driving it. Sometimes it's like, well, if they, well, if you someone gives you a week to do something, it normally takes a week to do something. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you need the pressure. Yeah, so, so I think that's like me, I need so that's yeah. So we're always like, let's just do it as quick as possible yeah. because we know that people are always going to want that anyway. So also, people are so used to it now. Like you can mm. order stuff like you were saying next day, same yeah. day, and that's just the world we live in now. So yeah, and if you're not doing that, you're kind of you're falling behind mm. it already yeah mm. i think it's quite hard though because something that we hear a lot it's like getting that balance i think because obviously you want to offer the as quick a turnaround as you possibly yeah. can for that reason but then i think there's a bit of education that goes into sometimes what actually goes into producing these products yeah. too because I think what people don't realize is how many like steps to the process there is and you don't want to like compromise on yeah. quality. So you don't want to be like chucking stuff out without having the time to actually check it. So I think that's like education, big thing about what you guys do. I think lots of print companies find that too. They're having to kind of make sure they're really nailing down that customer service element of their business. Yeah. And quality control. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. I guess once that starts to slip, there's no point doing the quick turnarounds because people will no. go elsewhere anyway. So exactly, yeah, I think that's uh, and that's why we like with our ordering system, we try and build as many of those 
flight checks into the system because yeah that that's normally the biggest thing is you know someone's like yeah i need it tomorrow and like okay well we can order you order till midnight and then they order it like half 11 at night and they put up a terrible like 100 dpi png graphic and they're like wonder why we refuse to print it because it's going to look terrible um so but then like because we have so many checks all the way through like quality control so we like i mean multiple people work in quality control so that we like everything's like literally yeah, under like a magnifying glass away, yeah. yeah so there's no mistakes we try and help the customer from making mistakes at the mm-hmm. beginning so if something looks weird with the artwork like quick as possible like are you sure it's meant to look like that mm-hmm. uh, what there's some really weird colors Is coming through on it yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes you have to be a bit like i mean it, i guess it could be a design yeah, choice it's a hard yeah i wouldn't want to have to be the studio that asked someone if they meant to do that and they're like yes <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it it takes a you know a long time to get to that point of um, having that quality control. And we're quite fortunate that we have the same processes and same transfers replicated across every single continent. So that means that we ha- we can kind of like drill that process and make sure we have continuity. But it also means that we have an R and D department, mm. so that all those sort of mistakes that could happen are happen in testing before they yeah. even get introduced as a transfer technology yeah. that way as well yeah, that's good. which makes life a lot easier for us it does yes and the team up <laughs> <laughs> so i've got what i'm kind of curious about is for anyone that's listening that they've got a heat press they've got a cutting machine or printing cut machine um and they're thinking Do you know what yeah I, I should offer some signage and some more print stuff but is there anywhere that someone can go or some tips that you might have for someone that's thinking about getting into the print or signage industry? Well, there's definitely, like we've said already, there's definitely a lot of kind of avenues that you can look at that you can like move into easily, I guess. I guess, I mean, from a kind of editorial point of view, I would just say read as much trade news <laughs> as you can because yeah. I guess we cover a lot of case studies. We cover a lot of kind of, success stories and a lot of people are diversifying at the moment so if you look in kind of i don't know like the business section of any of the trade publications or the wide format sometimes you know you'll see companies there was a person that started out doing like just little stickers during covid and now Mm. he's grown his business to make wall coverings and stickers for like children's bedrooms and stuff so he started out making these little just stickers and then he's kind of invested in a Momaki, you know, piece of kit and it's enabled him to then start doing wall stickers and stuff like that. So I think just have a look and read up on what other people are doing because I think that's the best way to see like what is possible. And I mean, a lot of the manufacturers will have the case studies on their website. They've Most of them have got kind of news sections on their site. So I would say just, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled to see what what other people are doing and get inspiration from that. Like, there's nothing wrong with you know doing that. You've got to get inspiration from yeah. somewhere. Yeah, there's a lot out there as well, isn't there? Like you said, a lot of opportunities. So unless you know exactly what you want to do and it's you can go directly to, into yeah. like I don't know, researching different machines, that it, you could yeah, get, exactly. You kind of need those ideas, don't yeah. you? It's a bit like so guess, what we do on YouTube as well. Like some people might come and go oh I really want to do this and we'll go well if you thought about this industry or if you're doing that you could add this on Mm. and they go oh yeah similar sort of thing exactly and I think yeah like you said it it, I think like looking at what kit you want to get is like that kind of further down the line it's quite far down the line actually but I guess 
if you go to kind of the trade shows and stuff, all the manufacturers are there and their aim is literally to show you what all the different things that the kit can do and the different areas of print and signage that they can cover. So there's so much stuff you can do. There's like, yeah. you know, 3D printing, direct to object, you can print onto mugs, you can print onto like all sorts of weird, wacky things. Like there's Canon kit that can print like straight onto like Frisbees and skateboards and stuff. So like, it's like you said, there's so much you can do. Sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming and it's hard to know. And I guess our job is to show what everyone's doing and to kind of follow the trends and stuff. So that would probably be my number one tip. Just to immerse yourself in it, basically. Yeah, just have a look and see what's out there and see what kind of takes your fancy. But um, like you said, if you're kind of doing say like workwear i know you've got a talk coming up on brand i do (laughs) (laughs) say you're doing like workwear or you know rollouts of pieces of clothing or kit or whatever that company is going to need graphics for its fleet of vehicles so say you're offering their kind of work clothes Mm. you could talk to them about maybe offering them their vehicle graphics or you know their branded if you're doing graphics and signage, why not offer them their business cards or yeah. you know the posters or their promotional print and stuff? There's so many ways that you can look at what's this company or you know organization. What do they need to promote themselves? And all of it is linked to print, which you realize yeah. when you're in the print industry, everything is print. So I guess it's just being a bit clever and you know having that kind of curious mindset of looking at thinking outside the box don't just pigeonhole yourself into you know we just make stickers and that's it like there's so much other stuff that you can do but you've just kind of got to have that mindset of keeping your eye out and seeing what yeah. is out there I guess it's one of the hardest things is getting that your foot in the door to have that conversation with the customer anyway mm-hmm. so once you're there either if if you're there in person or even if you're doing like a video call or something mm-hmm. it's like scan the room and like what have they got in this room that has a logo on it and like chances are you could figure out how to do yeah, it yeah exactly and once you're in with them as well like once they trust you they will give you mm. business because they know that yeah. you can produce something of decent quality you yeah. know the price is right turn around etc yeah exactly yeah. which does go a long way building that relationship yeah, yeah that makes a massive difference it's like you said it's getting your foot in the door initially yeah. impressing them and getting that first job and then you can expand from there or even you know if you if you know some because chances are that every person that's listening that's a garment decorator or even a a sign maker chances are there's the opposite company is in the in the within like probably within like a mile of them like even if like the op the best option is actually just to partner together like like you get every time we get a customer i'll do the garments you do the signage and vice versa so many companies are starting to do that now Mm. like that's something that i'm seeing a lot more like the collaboration side of things yeah like and i love that because i'm all for like everyone working <laughs> together and getting on and that sort of yeah thing. but um it just makes sense business wise because you know you it's like that thing about being like a master jack of all trades master of none it's like sometimes there is going to be somebody else that does do that better because they they've been doing it for ages that's their bag yeah and you might have something that you do really well so it's like there's nothing wrong with utilizing other people's skills and vice versa as long as it you know works both ways and there are companies in the industry who are like all for that kind of collaboration and you know will help you out and you hear so much like during covid companies were like oh no we we've lost all our business overnight 
but another company was there, like orders were going through the roof because they were doing something that was essential. And they yeah. knew that that company down the road had the kit to do the extra volume and they'll give them a ring and be like, can you help me out? And obviously everybody wins again then because they're getting business. They don't have to say no to a customer. So that's a big thing as well. And, you know, that could be another way to get into another avenue. Yeah. You know, if there's a company that can't quite manage its demand, you could then maybe you've got the kit already or, you know, yeah. you can add that extra offering. So there's, there's so many ways to add new things to your business, I think. Yeah. And there's a lot of... Um, trade printers and trade companies as well who specifically do printing for trade printers you know so yeah. there's there's always those companies that you can turn to if you need to and you're doubling your business either way like both companies will in effectively double their business if you're getting orders from other people exactly. so yeah exactly win, win all around yeah and you don't have to say no which is what no business wants to do exactly yeah <laughs> yeah you want to be able to say yes to every yeah. single job yeah exactly so, so I know that obviously with, you know, there's lots of stuff, there's lots of good stuff for new people starting out with. And obviously um, we both have a similar focus in terms of we want to help our either existing readers or for us as our existing customers because we see lots of people um, making mistakes and we want to kind of add value and help them. Um, so I was kind of really curious is to, because obviously you know, one of the reasons we invite you in is that there's a lot of really good journalism that goes into Print Monthly and Sign Link Magazine. But how do you choose what to write about and what, where to start with that? What's the kind of the process of being the editor of uh, a print magazine? Yeah. I think one of the first things is like just that constant feeling that you're never going to be able to cover everything you want to cover mm -hmm. and just accepting that it's just not physically possible to write yeah. about everything you want to write about, um, which is something that I have to kind of remind myself quite a lot. Um, but I don't know. We, we just get a lot of press releases through every day we've constantly got a stream of press releases coming mm -hmm. through so i guess it's just looking at the stuff that's coming in seeing what companies are doing trying to have as much variety as possible trying to make sure that we're covering you know all the different areas like i said we have so many different areas of the industry that we cover um so like the magazine is separated into sections so we've got like industry business people kit environment events so that kind of helps we categorize everything that comes in and then i guess it's just looking at the time sensitive ones so if there's events coming up or something really big has happened in the industry like there's been a big you know merger or acquisition or you know companies have unfortunately had to close or that sort of thing we try to cover those just because it's of general interest to the yeah. industry and i guess like when you train in journalism you get taught about newsworthiness and you've got to try and you know use your judgment to think what are people going to be interested in which is quite hard because you're literally trying to read people's minds that you don't know what <laughs> people want to read about um so yeah just keeping that variety and then i guess something that we try to do specifically with us is just looking at the kind of bigger picture of like the trends like i said like well-being that sort of thing and we get a lot of um, people to write in, like experts in different topics, because like it's impossible to be an expert on everything. And you've got to draw on the experts within the industry that have been doing their kind of area of print for years and years and years. And we're fortunate that there's so many technical experts yeah. that you can kind of rely on. So we do quite a lot of question and answers in the magazine and stuff like that. 
And then something else that we like to do is try and go out and get kind of behind the doors of as many businesses as we can. Because um, I guess it's kind of like I was saying before about educating on what goes into being a business. Yeah. You, just, you don't always know like what goes into producing this, the products that people are making. So yeah, we try and do as many visits as possible. Um, we've got a couple next week. We had one on Tuesday. So it's, it's good to be out on the road because you actually get to kind of familiarize ourselves with the technologies yeah. and stuff. Like I've literally been grilling you all morning about <laughs> the stuff that you guys do because, you know, it's, there's one thing reading about it in a press release and trying to then relay it to other people. But it's there's something else about being able to go and like feel the print and, mm. you know, see it actually coming out of the press and understanding all the different steps that go into it, which then helps us to, you know, produce better content. So yeah. that was going to be my, my point is that I really struggle with retaining information if I don't understand it. Yeah. The second something clicks in my head and I go, oh, I get that. Yeah. It will majority of the time stay in mm -hmm. my head whereas if I don't understand something you try and get me to explain it back to you yeah no yeah, hope whatsoever. I think that's again why like the industry events are so yeah. helpful for us because it's an opportunity to see all the different kit in one place and understand you know like why that's different to another one because sometimes when you know you get press releases through they've launched a new piece of kit and there's all the specs there and it's like this is this fast and that sort of thing and you know you don't really actually understand why that's a good thing or why that's better than what it was before. And then when you go to like the events and there's experts literally there and like not being afraid to kind of ask the questions if you don't know, like, you know, that's something I've had to learn coming into this industry, learning so much so fast is unless you kind of ask the questions and don't be afraid of sounding stupid or silly, mm -hmm. or like you don't know what you're on about, you're not going to ever learn. So I think that's something that I do. I go to events. I just, you know grill everybody and try and understand as much as i can so yeah that's why the events are really handy like hunkler innovation days in switzerland i'd never been to that before went this year for the first time and that was the, there were so many like click moments where i saw things like coming out and i was like oh that's why that's <laughs> called that or you know like a saddle stitcher for like booklets it literally goes along like that and it mm -hmm. looks like it's on a saddle and it gets stitched together so it's like there's reasons why, and once you understand it, it makes so much sense. But yeah. when it's just written down, it's not as easy to kind of grasp it, I think. Mm. So, How many yeah. of your customer visits do you actually film? Because you have quite a few of them on your YouTube. Like you interview yeah. different, I don't know, the, the director or the manager of yeah. the company that you're at. Um, I take it that goes down well with your customers because it's a slightly different insight rather than just sort of reading it as well. 100%, yeah. I think like people are just naturally curious, I think. Mm. And people like to see like the people behind a business and I guess a good thing about us being able to go and visit companies is you're kind of giving other people access to a place that they maybe wouldn't be able to go themselves yeah. and you know just curiosity you can see behind like the doors <laughs> what goes on but yeah we try to film as any that they'll let us and I think a lot of companies are really happy and keen to have us to come and film because they're proud to show what they're doing and you know, it gives them a chance to tell their story. And, you know, a lot of them have been going for like decades, like, mm. and there a lot of them are like family businesses. There's some that have been in the family for like four years, four years, four generations. Yeah. Um, so that's always nice. I think it's just giving them a platform to kind of tell their story and 
I think as well, it's just an opportunity for us to showcase the different areas of the industry. Yeah. So, and how they differ. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yeah, I don't know, we just, David, the on, our online editor, he did a filmmaking degree, so he's really techie with the cameras mm -hmm. and stuff. So he's he's always really good to go out with because I'm like the chatty one and I'll ask <laughs> all the questions and then Dave will make everything look good. So we're a good team in that sense. But um yeah, I don't know. I think it's just offering something extra to the magazine. I think people value that a lot because they love having their stuff in the mag. But I think, you know, then also being able to do a video interview as well. It's just an extra dynamic. They can share it on their socials and stuff and put it on their website if they want to and stuff like that. So, yeah, and it's yeah. a bit more frequent, I suppose, as well, rather than, like you say, magazines bi-monthly. Yeah, we've gone yeah. bi-monthly this year. So, yeah. which, which is great. That's still, you know, better than once a year. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to have that like weekly or bi-weekly upload of a video to just sort of keep in touch with your readers yeah. as well rather than having to wait for the magazine to come out 100%. as well and i think what it also enables us to do is um, more multimedia news stories online mm -hmm. so you know like we could do an interview and transcribe it and write it up and in the magazine that's fine because people want to sit down and they want to like have a flick through and read it and stuff whereas online people have much less time usually you're on your lunch break you're on your phone and just having a little browse of what's going on in the industry so i think being able to do a video as well we can embed it into the news article and you can kind of combine the quotes with the person actually just explaining it themselves and i think it's just easier to digest it's nice to have the different options available for whatever people fancy watching you know so yeah it just adds a bit of variety I find as well, I, I kind of find when someone, if someone's talking enthusiastically about something, I tend to find it more credible as well. Like, so actually having that video in, in combination with it, you're like, yeah, I'm interested in this subject now that this person's engaged in me and talking about it in an enthusiastic manner. It really helps, I think, with all the, um, like, like the, um, you know, going around, uh, you do like a few um, wrap ups with Vespa. It was yeah. really nice to see everyone there and like, yeah, really excited about what they're doing. Was you met um Ben from from our master yeah. distributor is full of beans as well. Uh, but you, it just it's just nicer to have a bit of everything. But you know, because it's uh but we would say it's always about embracing that side of things. So like, actually this is what for it's print for you or it's garment decorating for us. But people have chosen this as their career path or their life choice that you know let's lean into the fact that there's lots of detail in this and it's yeah. not kind of we shouldn't it's good to go niche sometimes and really get into the detail mm -hmm. of it and i think as well like the video side it really enables us to kind of demonstrate better the the actual products the output because we did a trip the other day and they were explaining about embellishment and they made a comment like it's oh, it's impossible to show this on a picture on a photo it's like unless you know the best case scenario is seeing it and feeling it and being able to like move it in person but that's not always possible mm -hmm. so then the second next best thing is film so if we can go and you know film have somebody explain it in their own words but then also be able to cut away to actually exactly what they're talking about at the same time it just helps to just demonstrate it so much better yeah. and helps like the readers and the watchers to understand it better as well i think 
which you guys do really well with your videos, I think it helps to actually understand it better when you just see someone explain it and show it to you. Yeah, visually it's so much easier to understand. Well, mm. again, it comes back to the understanding of it, doesn't it? If I was to explain to you how it would work now, you'd probably sit there and go, yeah, I can't get what you mean, <laughs> yeah. but if you were to do it, this is something you always say, if you physically do it yourself, mm. it makes so much more sense, and especially if you do it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of technology that you could be investing in. And if you see it actually work and you're like, okay, that's a good, that's a good piece. Of, or you like, might look at it and be like, actually, it's not really quite my skill set that maybe I should like go down a different route because I'm going to spend my whole time doing something that is not the best use of my time. Yeah, trying to figure out how to work it. Yeah. So we should also, we should really mention, I guess, as on the subject of the brilliant videos that you and David have put together, is that where is the best place for people to find the magazine, the videos? Yeah. All that shebang. <laughs> um, so the magazines, if you want to get on our kind of circulation list, if you want to have them sent to your office or wherever, um, at the moment, the best way is to just drop us an email or give us a call and ask us to put you on the database. Yeah. Um, we've got a new website coming very soon, so that'll okay. make it all a lot more streamlined. Um, and then the videos we upload onto our YouTube channel. So we operate under Print7 and Sign7, um, and then you can find them on YouTube under Print Monthly Magazine and Sign Link Magazine. Um, and then all of the videos that we do get uploaded onto there. Um, we also do an email newsletter that you can get subscribed to. Again, just give us an email um, with your email that you want to be sent to. Um, and we're also on social media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, um, at Print Monthly and Sign Link. So just put that in and you can find us on all the usual channels. Excellent. We should probably mention as well the upcoming show that you have in September. Yeah. If people want to, we'll talk a little bit more about it as well, because mm. I know that obviously Andy's doing a bit of a talk there as well. Um, but if people want to get uh, registered for that, where can they do that? Yeah, so yeah, so our sister company, Print Monthly and Sign Link, Link Exhibitions, runs the print show, um, which is yeah, the UK's only print show dedicated to print in the UK. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so you can just go on the website, printshow.co.uk. Um, you can register for free on there. Um, and if you are on our database already, we have got a team of um, registration people that will be ringing and asking if people want to register for tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it should be a nice, exciting event. It seems like ages since uh, at a trade show. So I'll, we'll, myself and Molly will be there on the Tuesday. As I mentioned, I'll be doing a talk at three o'clock. So anyone that's listening today that is brand new to garment decorating and is thinking about maybe adding this in, um, I'll be doing a talk at three o'clock on the Tuesday talking about how you how easy it is to add garment decoration in and some ideas for approaching customers um, and also give you some actual costings in terms of what is kind of traditional costings of T-shirts, hoodies, workwear, all sorts of things. So you can kind of like have a bit more of a think about it, see if it's going to be worthwhile. Um, but additionally, we'll be there pretty much all day. So if you want, if anyone wants to have a private chat with us or have a meeting of some sort, just um, contact us on other socials or LinkedIn um, and we can arrange something and help people and just come and say hello if you recognize one of us and we'll more than happily talk about garment decorating for hours and end. All, all day, day yeah. every day. Um, but there's lots of other exciting talks going on. I know that it's, there's a real education focus with the print show this year, uh, which I think is really exciting. Um, and there's a really good speaker lineup that's been put together for every day as well. So even if you can't make the Tuesday, 
there's lots and lots of value, a bit like the Mac, the Mac value going on this year as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually. Like we mentioned earlier, keeping your eyes out of what's going on and stuff. If there is any kind of garment decorators or printers or, that are interested in what other things there are out there that they could potentially move into, that's probably the perfect place to go because, like you said, the speaker knowledge zone, it's called this year, um, formerly the Business Seminar Theatre, it's been rebranded by our um, lead contributor, Rob, who has worked really hard on getting a really varied kind of schedule. And it's covering all sorts of things from like well-being, marketing, um, SEO, AI, all the kind of topics, the environment, um, and also getting the next generation of young people mm -hmm. into the industry as well. So FESPA UK Association is bringing their next generation panel to the show. So they're going to be talking about kind of how we can bring the next generation in, which is also a big topic at the moment, yeah. bridging that kind of aging workforce and, you know, getting skilled workers up and through. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be so many talks. You can find the full schedule on the Print Show website. Um, and then also, I guess, just such a variety of exhibitors as well from all areas of the print industry. So we've got, you know, some of the big manufacturers like Fujifilm and Liu UK and that sort of thing. But then we've got all sorts of trade printers. We mentioned before about kind of leaning on those. There's so many different trade printers. There's, you know, print resellers where you can purchase yeah. kit from. Um, who have a variety of different manufacturers that you can go and chat to them about the differences. Um, and then there's going to be all sorts of software companies there too, if you just wanted to find out a bit more about maybe some of the software you might need to know about if you were going to move into a different area. And then loads of kind of garment and textile people too. So there's all sorts of exhibitors there. So I guess it's a really good opportunity to familiarize yourself with the different areas if you are just curious about what options are out there yeah all in one place and obviously if they got questions about you know especially those new starters you know yeah, there is a print monthly stand as well that they can come and ask mm -hmm. you and the rest of the team okay. questions about what how to you know spend their day at the show i think it's quite an important thing we always talk about that yeah. for shows yeah. we do is actually you know doing your homework you know, don't don't look at this stuff fresh on the day. Do your homework before you get there, and make, have a plan your route. Yeah, yeah, make sure you have a tick, hit list of people you want to speak to, so comfy you can really shoes. maximize comfy <laughs> shoes. Yep, I always say. Yeah, definitely. But and also, if there's anybody who maybe isn't familiar with the magazines or has hasn't heard of it before, or has heard of it but hasn't seen or read one, um, on the print monthly stand at the show, we will be handing out free copies of the latest print monthly and sign links. So. If you just want to have a browse, see if there's anything in there that is of interest, you can pick one of those up at the show as well. So, and we'll be there if you want to come and have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it should be. I'm very excited to come along for the day and see. It's been a while since I got to go to the print show, so it'd be good I to been see. Before. Have you not? It's been my first one. Yeah, that's exciting. I know. It's that, always a good vibe there. Yeah. And that is at the NEC in Birmingham. And I think, is it 10 till 5, 10 till 4 each day? Something like that. About that I would yeah. Say. The exact <laughs> times are on the website. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the a floor plan, which is interactive, that's updated yes. every time somebody kind of comes on. So if you want to have a look at who's going to be there, um, there's all sorts of information about the NEC as a venue if you haven't been there before. Um, all the information you need to know is on there. Um, we also have, which is quite fun, some prizes that can be won. So yeah. you can register for free. 
and then you get sent a golden ticket, a physical golden ticket, which you bring with you to the show, post it through a little letterbox, and then three times, I believe, a day, we'll be giving out different prizes. So there's some Tui holiday vouchers, okay. which would be good. And then yeah. there's some Amazon vouchers, some hampers and that sort of thing. So excellent that's fun that's, fun. that's yeah. different i like that yeah. yeah especially for a trade show because that i've never seen that before that's, yeah. that's such a good idea and there's a lot of exhibitors as well that are offering like their own kind of competitions and that sort of thing i think one of i can't remember which company it is but they've got a basketball hoop on their stand so that's oh, fun. nice um and then oh, we'll have to visit that one mm, yeah make a little competition yeah. in-house <laughs> so yeah so there'll be lots of you know in-show offers lots of you know, giveaways and goodies yeah. that there is to always good to go around and see what you can get from a show. So fill your tote bag and that sort of thing. <laughs> so um, yeah, so there'll be lots to do. Oh, I'm excited! It's gonna yeah. be fun. Well, I think that's probably about time for today. Yeah. So I do thank you, Karis, for coming on today. Is there anything, any questions you have for us that you'd like answer before we wrap up? Um, don't know really. Maybe you could just—you've already mentioned it, but maybe just about what we were saying earlier about from your kind of point of view what our readers maybe could gain from entering your side of the industry. yeah so kind of the short version is that like i say it's it's really easy to use a heat press so if you want to do the garment decorating to go along with the signage you literally just need a heat press i mean if you just as a kind of like basic machinery it's it's this if you get a good quality one um, and i always we always recommend hotronics because they're the best uh, but you can go and check out our YouTube channel to kind of go in depth on every machine because we have loads of product review videos on our website. But essentially, you need a machine that can control time, temperature, and pressure. And all you do is you put a t shirt under it or a hoodie, whatever the material it may be, a bag. Um, Pre press it for a few seconds because you want to make sure there's no moisture and it's nice and flat, nice warm surface. Then you put either um some vinyl under there so you could get in the same way that you get printable vinyl for wools you get it for um clothing we have a large range of printable vinyl ourselves that you can put on different material types or you can get single color vinyl which again you can put through the existing cut machines so if you've got Rollins or Sumas or if you just got like GraphTech or something like that you can use all of our vinyl in, in these machines so you've already got the mate the biggest equipment and you just put it under there for like 10 to 12 seconds at most, peel it away, either hot or cold, depending on the instructions, and that's it. You've made the T-shirt that goes with it. Um, or if you're doing, if you don't have that type of machinery or, you know, like you're doing very detailed stuff, you're like this is going to take me ages to weed, I can't justify doing this. Uh, we are, as part of the styles, we are the largest manufacturer of heat transfers in the world. And what this means is in that case, you just give us your artwork, and then we put it onto special paper, essentially, and it comes, you just pick up the paper, put it under the heat press, and it can be unlimited colors, unlimited detail, um, and it will outlast the garment from a wash quality point of view. So this is the best uh, product available, and we deal with big and small customers from the likes of Barcelona Football Club, the NFL, uh, the World CrossFit Games were out last weekend, through to someone who's just ordering one piece at a time. So same technology for everyone. But heat presses are easy to use. They go up, they go down. As long as you set the, the uh, temperature and time and pressure uh, settings correctly, they're easy. And it's a great way. You know, average T-shirt costs between two and four pounds. Average transfer cost is probably like 
if you're doing volume, it's like 10p. It could be 50p. It could be a pound if you're doing small runs. And then you could sell that T-shirt for 10 to 15 pound. You could do a hoodie for make it for 12 pounds, sell it for 20 even if it's just 15 or hats we have special hat presses so hats are a really big profit product because they cost about two pound for a hat 10 to 50 p to decorate and you can sell them between 15 and 40 pounds so there's lots of the average order value if you could get you know think about how many people work in the building you're doing the signage for it could be even if it's just three people that could be an extra hundred pounds per order but if it's the bigger ones where they, everyone wears a t-shirt or a polo shirt when they're operating these machines that you're um, selling to them all the signs you're doing is that it could be 50 people. It could be a thousand people in that building and it's not difficult to do the garment decoration for them. Uh, but if you are interested in learning more about that, I will be doing a talk at the print show or alternatively we're on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere. I feel like uh, we've just had everywhere. an insight into your talk for September. It's yeah. tiny insight. That was like snippet yeah. from the speech. Actually, a very short version, um, but we'll go into it in a lot of detail. Um, and, you know, if anyone's really, really interested in going really deep into it, um, on the 27th of September, we will be running a global virtual event mm-hmm. called the Global Masterclass on a power decoration. And this is going to be the biggest ever worldwide event on garment decorating that's an exclusive so, so this is <laughs> something that no one actually knows about this yet because we're, we're at the time of recording we're going to announce it tomorrow Ooh, um exciting. but this is going to be a like a full day of education so we're yeah. teaming up with styles us uh, and partners in australia so we're going to cover every continent and we're going to bring in experts from blank companies garment decorators um, ourselves obviously but it's going to be a full seven, eight hour day of really strong talk after talk after talk. Um, really so leveling up your business. Really yeah. level up your business. So it's going to be a big event. Um, so get a bit of a taster for at the print show and then you can follow up the week after um, with a really big event that we're going to be running. Exciting times. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah, so and and you can register for that, stylesmasterclass.com. That will be linked live. Yeah, that's least. an important part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need that bit. Um, but thank you to Molly and thank you to Karis. I uh, really much. appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us again next week.